Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow this head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another members episode. We got a good one here today. We got Tom coming on the show today and Tom is a former police officer. He is retired now, but he comes on to talk about his paranormal and supernatural experiences he's had while on duty. And he also talks a lot about when he moved to Alaska to be a state trooper and the things he was told that roamed through these towns. Yeah, this was a good conversation because uh, Tom has been saved by an angel Tom has encountered a demon in a hospital with one of the people he arrested. And Tom has a lot of stories when it comes to Bigfoot in Alaska. So let's get to Tom right now. All right, today we got Tom on the show. Tom, what's going on, brother? How you doing, Tony? Hey, let's pretend we didn't just talk for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It's good talking to you, man. So uh, listen, I I started changing some scheduling stuff and you and I are recording this uh, in the morning. And I've noticed that when I do these interviews in the morning, uh, I'm more chatty. It's because I, I like I'm not beaten down by the day and stuff and tired. Right. You're not worn out yet. Yeah, and so I, I'm trying to work on getting into the interviews faster. But today was not successful. We just chatted for like an hour about nonsense, complete nonsense. And so, uh, but it was good, man. And um, you are a retired. Are you a retired police officer or are you still in yes. law enforcement? Yeah, I I got 20 years in law enforcement. Uh, I had to medically retire after. Uh, destroying my knee 
in the line of duty. So, uh, but I, yeah, 20 years in. Okay. So, uh, 20 years retired and, uh, you're coming on to talk about some stories that have happened while you were on duty. Uh, and, and that's, that's always fun. I like talking to people who are soldiers, police officers, because it's just, there, there's this like, there's this, and maybe it's changing these days the way the world and culture is going, but like there's this level of credibility that you, that when somebody says, I was a police officer or I was in the military and I saw this, it's like, oh, snap. Well, at least I know he's telling the truth on this, you know? And so there's like, I think people listening, they're just like, they, they, they feel like, okay, let's listen to a police officer's stories. And uh, so it, it's, it's kind of cool whenever I get a chance to talk to somebody like that. So let's get into it. Um, you have a couple different things here. You have uh, experience with what I'll call a demonically possessed woman. You can redefine it if you want. Uh, you also were saved in the line of duty supernaturally. And then you decided to uh, move your family to Alaska. Uh, I have a friend in Alaska who was, I think he was born and raised in San Diego. He moved to Vegas and then decided to move his butt to Alaska for a girl, married her, <laughs> and now he lives in Alaska. I'm like, bro. <laughs> no, but actually who I'm talking about is Scott from Freaky Deaky Podcast. And uh, he, he's a good dude. He's just a really good dude. And he's in, he's in Alaska now. Uh, but um, so you moved to Alaska and you became a state trooper there. And you heard, you heard uh, some stories from the native Alaskans about paranormal things, Sasquatch and villages and things like that. So we'll get into all of it. Uh, but let's start off with the, uh, the I, I almost said domesticated lady. I'm like, <laughs> what? where's my mind going? Uh, the demonically possessed. The domestic assault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll start off with the domestic assault. That's where I was going with it. That's, that's my cover. Thanks for saving me. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah. So this, this was very early in my career. Um, I, uh, I got a call for a domestic violence, uh, showed up and, uh, EMS was still there. Uh, and it wasn't a bad, a bad one or anything, but I, I met with an older gentleman, uh, who was the victim and asked him what was going on. He said he was getting in an argument with his daughter and she punched him and she's over at the other, other side of the room that I'm in. Uh, so I walk over there and usually this is, you know, you start talking to the suspect and it's, oh, well, they hit me first or, you know, they, they have some sort of rationalization or justification that excuses their behavior or flat out denials. So I walk up to her expecting something along those lines and it's like, uh, hey, did you hit your father? And she goes, yes. <laughs> so that was a little startling. I wasn't expecting that. And uh, I said, okay, well, well, tell me why, what happened? And she goes, well, I'm sick of his ancestors bothering me. <laughs> it's like, uh, that's a new one for me. Usually, you know, there's an argument over something, but uh, ancestors, okay, how, how's that going on? What's, what's happening there? She says, well, his ancestors are, are uh, bothering me. They, they pinch me and scratch me and uh, cuss at me, and I just got tired of it. And I hit him. Okay, well, where I was in a major metropolitan area on the East Coast, uh, in most places these days now, um, have mandatory arrest statutes. Uh, but the story is sounding like there might be a mental health component to it, obviously. So 
I decided I, I got to take her into custody and I'm going to take her to the mental health evaluation to find out if, if we should put her in a mental health hospital or, or take her to jail. So, uh, you know, I handcuff her, put her in the car and she's sitting in the back seat and she's, she's just talking and telling me about, you know, the, the ancestors that, you know, give her nightmares and, um, scratch her when she's sleeping and they pinch her and poke her. Uh, animals will talk to her. They cuss at her, insects cussing at her. Just this crazy outlandish story. And it's, uh, I didn't have any trouble convincing the mental health person that she's an imminent risk to others and needed mental health treatment. So I had to take her to the regular emergency room first to get medically cleared so I could transport her to the mental health hospital. And usually that involves three or four hours of just sitting in the ER waiting for blood tests and urine and everything else to come back. So uh, they put us in a private room and they, you know, she's sitting in the bed, the nurses come in and they're doing the blood pressure and all that stuff. And after they get the blood and the urine samples, they leave and it's just her and I sitting in this room and she's talking to me, telling me these stories. And it, it sounds almost like a demonic oppression. I mean, she's either completely crazy or there's a demonic oppression or maybe a little bit of both, I guess. Uh, so I, you know, I'm just building a rapport with her. My goal is that she's cooperative, right? I don't want to be fighting with her and dragging her to the hospital. So, you know, I'm just, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Okay. But yeah, she's, you know, birds, birds cussing at her and yelling at her and insects and, um, yeah, all the she's just telling me story after story, getting scratched and poked and pinched and all this stuff. And um, yeah, I'm thinking there there might be something to it at this point. But we eventually run out of stories to tell, and uh, she's just sitting on the bed quietly. I'm sitting in a chair. This is days before cell phones were a thing, so I'm just staring at the ceiling and looking around. Uh, I think she's sort of napping. She's got her legs drawn up. And she's sort of resting her head and kind of curled up in a fetal position on the bed. And the, the bed starts rattling. You know, when people get, uh, you know, nervous knees, they bounce their knees and they're, they just have that excess energy and they're bouncing their knees. Yeah. And so that's what I'm thinking she's doing is the bed's rattling like she's bouncing her knee. And I'm looking at her and she's not bouncing her knee. She's just, She's napping. She's asleep. She's not moving. And the bed is rattling. And it's it's like building. It's rattling more and more and more. And like I'm not shaking. The floor is not shaking. The building's not shaking. Nothing else is moving or vibrating or shaking. But her bed is clang, 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 shaking. And I'm I'm starting to get kind of freaked out about it. And the way she's sitting, she's facing the door. So the door, she's, if she were sitting up in bed looking forward, she'd be looking straight out into the hallway. But the hallway goes past us perpendicularly. So all she can see out the door is the wall, eight feet on the other side of the door across the hallway. We can't see who's coming up or down the hall. And from my perspective, it looks like she's asleep. She's napping. So she's not even looking out the door. 
But this bed that's rattling, and I've got this rising alarm, like she's talking about all this demonic stuff. And now her, her bed is doing this exorcist's movie, shaking and rattling. And then it stops. And as soon as it stops, a nurse turns the corner and walks into the room. So the nurse didn't see any of this. And whoever stopped the bed shaking had to know the nurse was about to walk into the room. And neither of us in the room can see the nurse coming down the hallway. So we have no idea that the nurse is about to walk into the room. <laughs> and the bed didn't subside and just like, you know, ebb away. It, it was like clang, 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 and just stopped. And then the nurse walked in like a heartbeat after it stopped. So that was, that was sort of my confirmation to me that something supernatural was occurring. And I, I got up out of my seat. Like I wanted to run for the door, but I had to stay there with her and I, I have a gun, but I, what am I going to shoot? You know? So uh, I was pretty freaked out for a little bit. And, uh, you know, the nurse, the, the, the girl woke up and the nurse talked to her and we kind of finished up our thing and they discharged her. And I, I took her to the mental hospital and, you know, right, right before I dropped her off, I was like, Hey, uh, you know, I don't know if you've talked to any priests, but I know a good one. <laughs> I referred her to my, my parish priest because I, they, I was convinced there was something demonic happening with her. That was, that was really super trippy. Did you, was there any follow-up Did she ever, do you know if she ever contacted the priest? I, I don't, I don't know if she did. And he wouldn't tell me if she did, if, if uh. it were really any sort of demonic thing going on he, he's not going to tell me about it so um but yeah and that's one of the things with law enforcement is you usually don't get any of that follow-up oh, once man. once you're done with folks you're done and you never see or hear from them again yeah that that, that would drive me nuts, <laughs> drive yeah, me nuts. Yeah, yeah i mean like yeah you get good at compartmentalizing it but i i just you know I, i'm sitting there watching the watching the bed and i'm listening to it shaking and clanging and she's she's just this was a up. preview of today's member episode if you want to hear the whole thing head on over to the confessionals hit the join button and become a member today